It's everything, man. It is the separator. The one, the the one thing that most of the NBA players or athletes that I that I work with struggle with is confidence. You wouldn't think that if they're the, the best, best in the, the world. Yeah, so the best in the world struggle with confidence all the time, man. The like my NBA players, my friends, like they'll hit me like, "What, well, man? What's going on? Like I lost it." I'm like, dude, you're one of the highest paid NBA players, one of the best players in the world, and you're struggling with confidence. Mindset, the mental, the mental game, the tools, the skills that you build are more important than the physical, especially when you're at that level. Like Kobe, for example, Kobe and Jordan would always one thing that they did which separates them and I teach my players is yeah you visualize the game before you step out there how you want it to happen just like you would step into a boardroom or you step on stage before you give a talk you visualize it you see yourself hitting all the spots if you play it in your mind you've already done it before so when you step out there you already know the steps you're going through but the other point to take it to another level is you they would also visualize when something happened like if you were visualizing this podcast before, you would visualize it, the computer shutting down and going off. Like, how do you manage and how do you thrive through a storm? So Kobe and Jordan would see themselves turning the ball over or missing jump shots. How do you how do you take that that difficult time and how do you pivot it for your success? So the best of the best will do both of those. And mindset tools they get a bad rap because you can't physically see the growth of them i mean like the basketball skills or if somebody's trying to lose weight or gain muscle you can physically see that but in the mind you can't and it's the the analogy is like well okay if you're going to brush your teeth one time your teeth are never going to be clean i mean it's just that one time if you're going to do these mental tools one time it's not going to have lasting impact on you but the ones who develop their tools i have a bunch of mind set tools that I'll give to the players depending on which area that they're struggling in and then they'll have this sheet that they're able to go through maybe it's their highlight reel that they have to watch maybe it's a keyword that they need to use maybe it's eliminating the self-doubt like whichever ones they need and they know what's, they a, have- what's a keyword by the way so a keyword like that movie inception if you know that movie where there's that top spinning and it kicks them back into a level of a dream so a keyword kicks your subconscious back into the level that you've tied it to so i'll have players tie a word choose a word you choose any word my word's unshakable one of my players norm powell his, his word is process so he's thinking about the process so when the storm arises which it will you're able to say this word and it kicks you back into the level of okay everything's okay i know i'm confident like you know you're good. Folks, before we start this episode, if you could do one thing, would you please hit that subscribe button? It really helps us out. I want to kind of do the do-do-do-do-do-do. And we're back. Kick those tires and start that fake fire. I sound extra cool today because I am suffering from a little bit of a cold. But there's nothing cool about our next guest. He, in fact, he's hot, hot, hot. Also, because we both share a common sponsor. Today is like a chili sleep massive endorsement because David, Nurse, and Ryan Bethay, both proud chili sleep partners, are combining forces today. And we figured, why not get together? He is a dear friend. He has coached some of the most elite athletes in the world. He is a best selling author. And he somehow was available to come join us on a last minute notice today. So I don't know what else to say other than please welcome one of the ultimate privileges that you get to do when you host your own podcast. You get to have your friends on sometimes. And that's awesome. It's also helpful when your friends are world record holders and elite performance coaches. So without further ado, please welcome the one, the only David Nurse to the virtual, pretty much non-existent campfire. 
<laughs> I can feel it burning. But you, you know what? Burning? I slept so well last night on the chili pad that I don't even feel the heat from the fire that's burning on the campfire. And my, you know why I'm on here today, Ryan? One, because I love you. And two, because I got two and a half hours of deep sleep on that chili pad. That's I'm it? So two and a half hour. Oh, you mean two and a half hours in addition to the rim? Indeed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Deep's the key. Mm-hmm. Yep. Deep sleep. For those wondering, the chili pad, well, actually, and the new Doc Pro is going to be pretty epic, pumps cool water into a sheet you place on your bed, which lowers your body temperature, should you so choose, and gets you into a deep rim, deep sleep that may or may not help you restore your entire soul and entire life. It's pretty cool. See, you make you even make ads sound really cool. Like you could sell me a can of mayo and it's and just speak it to me. Like I think it's like the best thing, and I need that can of mayo. You mean yeah. like OJ Mayo? I mean, OJ <laughs> Mayo, the basketball player who just vanished and disappeared somehow. I was thinking OJ Mayo. I've wondered that he was like he was at USC when I was there, and I was I haven't heard from him since. Not that we were friends. I'm just curious, like what happened. You need to do a show on the players that just dropped off the face of the earth. Like Steve Francis, where did he go? Or Gilbert Arenas, what happened to him? OJ Mayo. They're like hot, super good, and then they're just gone. I don't know. Good question. Gone, gone, gone. Well, let's focus on the here and the now. We're going to do a little shorter episode today because let's be honest, that's what the fans are asking for. Psych, no, they're not. But really, I want to do an episode uh, that's a little more to the point today because why not? Um, and hold on one second. My AirPods are saying they're connecting and that's not good. Can you talk for me? Yes. Can you hear me? AirPods. Okay, great. Yes. Okay. I don't know why my AirPods were going after. <laughs> David, um, what is, tell us, uh, one of the coolest parts about being a performance coach. One of the coolest things about being a performance coach is being able to help people in what they have been God-given abilities to do. So literally, think about this. The best players in the NBA, some of the best players in the NBA, this is the top athletes in the world. Like they come to me to be able to help them. And it's very flattering to to be able to do that, to be able to have an impact on them. And it's a, it's a, it's a big weight too. This is their livelihood. This is millions of dollars on the line. And it's funny too, is growing up, it's like all I wanted to do was play in the NBA. And I poured every waking hour, moment, minute into being able to play in the NBA. And obviously having like a two inch vertical leap and being six, two, and you know, a lot of other things I'm going to make uses, uses didn't quite happen, but what is better than playing in the NBA is when these players come to you for advice. So I would say that's the coolest thing. Um, and, and it's just a lot of like being able to see what goes on behind the scenes is really cool too. Like people don't know they'll see people, they'll see NBA players or they'll see performers on stage. They'll see whatever it might be. And they'll think, man, wow, he's just really gifted. Yeah. They've got talent, but the work that goes on behind the scenes is incredible the unseen hours that these people put in like i had uh, one of my players domata sabonis he plays for the kings now during COVID time when the world shut down this guy he's an all-star this time big time contract he comes out to la and we find these old warehouse gyms jewish community centers with like one hoop and no net and we get in the gym every morning 7 a.m every single morning nobody sees that he didn't need to do that he's made all this money like that's what i call insatiable drive and it's the drive in the unseen hours when it doesn't really like nobody's gonna know but that's the key that's the difference maker of seeing this you have the talent, you have the insatiable drive, 
And then you just do it with relentless consistency day after day after day when things don't even feel like they're going to move anywhere. Like all of us in our life, like we have, we have great examples. We're trying to grow something here and it just seems like stagnant and stagnant and stagnant. But the ones who just keep going and going and going and going like the Energizer Bunny, bunny the ones who will succeed. And that's like some of the coolest stuff to be able to see behind the, behind the curtains in that. How does one actually get to a place where they can coach NBA players? I'm assuming you have to have a pretty good shot yourself. That I do. That's the only thing I could do was shoot. So I figured after getting cut from a second division team in the northern Spain Basque region, more like a Will Ferrell semi-pro joke of a league. So, Ryan, (laughs) literally, man, I'm thinking I'm playing in the NBA at this point. I still think I'm playing in the NBA. I'm a second division in Spain. I get cut, sent home, told I wasn't good enough to even play in that joke of a league. So basically all my hopes and goals and dreams turned upside down, face rubbed in the dirt. And I had to think, man, like what can I do? If I want to get in, like what is my special – Ability. What is my lane? What can I do better than anybody else? And I could shoot a basketball. So I couldn't play any defense. I obviously couldn't dunk. I could shoot a basketball. So I had these basketballs custom made from China with this terrible leather, this line down the middle. I think I have one somewhere laying around here, but terrible leather made from China, sent out to the Oakland seaport. I jump in my car and drive 29 hours from Kansas City where I'm living on my parents' recliner chair and to the seaport to pick them up, put them in my car. I spend the next five years living out of my car, sleeping on friends' couches who didn't even know I was their friend, sleeping in well-lit Walmart parking lots, doing basketball camps to teach them the art of shooting because I figured, hey, I'm going to make my way in and they're not, the NBA is not going to come calling for me. They're not going to be, hey, David, you were a terrible uh, basketball player. You thought you were good. You could shoot it. Like, we're going to give you a job. No. The, the, the phone's not going to ring unless you go start knocking on doors. So I went five years doing these basketball camps to make myself the best shooting coach possible so the NBA would come calling. Fast forward five years, I wake up in Melbourne, Australia. I'm doing a camp down there. And I have an email in my inbox. It says, Brooklyn Nets shooting coach. And I thought it was spam. Like, I didn't know anybody from the Brooklyn Nets. So I clicked that box. I thought about, man, it's got to be spam. What is this? Somebody playing a, a cruel joke. I open it up, and the next week, I'm the Brooklyn Nets shooting coach. I had made it into the NBA. 28 years old. I'd, I, like, I'd, I made my way in there. So wrapping back to your question is the players – they would listen to me because I could actually do it. And they knew I could do it at a high level. They would see me shoot. They saw my resume. Like, they would trust me because I, they knew I had this ability. I wasn't somebody going in there and telling them, hey, do this, although I've never even done it. Like, I've been able to do it. And then the biggest thing, though, even if you have this great ability to be able to teach and people will listen to you, Man, it's all about trust. It, 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 if the player does not trust you, they does it does not matter. And trust is built through just and doing whatever. I would if if one of my players needed to get picked up from the airport, if they needed him to go get a, a carton of milk down at the grocery store, whatever it was, I would go over the top to show them that I would be there for them through anything, and that that's how it develops trust. So having a skill set plus trust has allowed myself to be able to work with these players. And the coolest thing too, man, is the best of the best, they want to be coached. All of the best in any field are coached. I was just literally listening to a Hugh Jackman podcast, Wolverine, maybe one of the best actors in the world. You kind of look like him actually. You You mean Hugh Jackman, right? Or he's just like. Hugh Jackman. Yeah. Yeah. But he has a coach. He's had a coach for years. The best of the best. They want to be coached. 
want to be coached. So I just have to ask, what is the key to a great shot before I get off? To, I mean, what is the, <laughs> boil down? if I want to, if you want to up your, uh, your free throw, let's start with free throws since most of us aren't sinking three pointers. What's the key to great, great free throws? I can give you the short answer. Here's what I tell anybody. Watch Clay Thompson and try to do everything that he does. Clay Thompson has the best form in the NBA, not Steph Curry. Steph Curry is an anomaly. He shot a zillion shots. So once you shoot that many shots, you can shoot like him. Watch Steph Curry. The biggest thing, though, confidence. Number one, you have got to believe that thing's going in. If you have any wavering thought of it not going in, you're probably not going to make it. The follow through is so important. Holding the follow through. I tell players to stick it just like a gymnast. They stick the landing. They stick the landing with their feet and they hold their follow through. And there's a lot of other things in between. But if you can remember that you should make a, maybe one more shot than you do already. Yeah. So this is this, I'm asking cause Dave and I are going to go play horse after this, um, and see what we can do. Uh, but, a lot of money, a lot of money for horse, man. Uh, that's so have you primarily just coached NBA players? Have you, have you been, cause I know you work with a like broader sort of psychological mindset. Is it obviously you, you are actually, and I should go back to this. You, you have a record for, three-point shooting with uh one ball right is that accurate mm-hmm, mm-hmm. well how what was that just out of curiosity how many three-pointers did you make in one amount of time 23s in one minute one basketball so basically the rebounder has to get it right out of the net without it hitting the ground you want to hear a cool story on that yeah let me t- oh, let me take a poll yeah, looks like they do. We've cool story. <laughs> looks like cool stories have pulled very well here. So. Oh, here's a cool story on you make yourself the expert in something. So I was like, all right, I got to make myself the expert in shooting. This was while I was doing these camps, and like, what better than to have a Guinness World Record? Like that validates me. So I shoot this video and I hit this record. Nobody else had anything close to this on YouTube. So I just put YouTube. I just put YouTube like the, the Guinness World Record for most threes made. And like, like it started catching traction. It got on ESPN, ESPN played it. So this became the Guinness world record for threes in a minute. I never really had it done with Guinness. So it wasn't really official. A couple years later, I get an email from Guinness that says, this is not an official record. We were not there to view it. Uh, you're going to have to do it again for and have us there. Dude, that's all I needed to hear. If, if Guinness was going to seek me out and tell me that, that's all I needed to hear for it to be a record. I love it. Will you be attempting any other records anytime soon? Um, If you can think of a record, I will attempt it. Most story posts on Instagram in a 24 hour period. Already have it. Already have it. I'm going hard. I'm going hard. I'm posting this right now. We're actually live. We're live. We are live right now. That's awesome. Uh, So I want to ask you, so have you, have you worked with athletes in other sports besides basketball? Yeah, not as much. I've worked with a few baseball pitchers and a few golfers, which is... Oh, golfers. Okay. I'm asking because I'm curious about the the whole mindset thing is when I was at USC, Pete Carroll was big on the inner game of tennis mm-hmm. uh, and just that mental mindset. And it's funny because, you know, you hear rumors and you can, maybe you can tell me this is true that like Kobe would take mental free throws and take mental shots. And I'm, I, I feel like mental game is something that's like in golf, it's widely accepted because it's literally you versus the ball and no one else is there. And it's literally something that you could do 10 minutes ago. Suddenly you can't do. Um, but 
you know, how big a deal is the mental game? And we all know it matters to some extent, but I'm curious from what you do and the multiple sports you've coached, like how vital is this mental mindset? And is this something that like athletes and now are paying way more attention to? It's everything, man. It is the separator. The one, the the one thing that most of the NBA players or athletes that I that I work with struggle with is confidence. You wouldn't think that if they're the, the best, best in the world. world. Yeah, so the best in the world struggle with confidence all the time, man. The like my NBA players, my friends, like they'll hit me like, "Well, man, what's going on? Like I lost it." Like, dude, you're one of the highest paid NBA players, one of the best players in the world, and you're struggling with confidence. Mindset, the mental, the mental game, the tools, the skills that you build are more important than the physical, especially when you're at that level. Like Kobe, for example, Kobe and Jordan would always, one thing that they did, which separates them and I teach my players is, yeah, you visualize the game before you step out there, how you want it to happen. Just like you would step into a boardroom or you step on stage before you give a talk, you visualize it. You see yourself hitting all the spots. If you play it in your mind, you've already done it before. So when you step out there, you already know the steps you're going through. But the other point to take it to another level is you, they would also visualize when something happened. Like if you were visualizing this podcast before, you would visualize it, the computer shutting down and going off. Like how do you manage and how do you thrive through a storm? So Kobe and Jordan would see themselves turning the ball over or missing jump shots. How do you how do you take that, that difficult time and how do you pivot it for your success? So the best of the best will do both of those and mindset tools they get a bad rap because you can't physically see the growth of them i mean like the basketball skills or if somebody's trying to lose weight or gain muscle you can physically see that but in the mind you can't and it's the the analogy is like well okay if you're going to brush your teeth one time your teeth are never going to be clean i mean it's just that one time if you're going to do these mental tools one time it's not going to have lasting impact on you but the ones who develop their tools i have a bunch of mindset tools that i'll give to the players depending on which area that they're struggling in and then they'll have this sheet that they're able to go through maybe it's their highlight reel that they have to watch maybe it's a keyword that they need to use maybe it's eliminating the self-doubt like whichever ones they need and they know what's, they a, have- key- what's a keyword by the way so a keyword like that movie inception if you know that movie where there's that top spinning and it kicks them back into a level of a dream so a keyword kicks your subconscious back into the level that you've tied it to so i'll have players tie a word choose a word you can choose any word my word's unshakable one of my players norm powell his, his word is process so he's thinking about the process so when the storm arises which it will you're able to say this word and it kicks you back into the level of okay everything's okay i know i'm confident like you know you're good so it's really hard man it's really hard to like it's it's easy to talk about all this stuff it's easy to go through this but once like the speed of the game or the speed of life or you're on stage and like you can't remember what you're gonna say like that it, it sucks you under so you have to have something in this word or even i have guys will snap their fingers so snap s-n-a-p stands for stop notice assess pivot what's going on what's going on the storm's going boom stop okay 
All right, and notice, all right, I'm noticing what's going on. I'm assessing the situation. Why is this happening? Now I'm gonna pivot. Now I'm gonna take what I just learned in that moment, that split second, the best of the best can do that within a split second, that snap, and then pivot on to the next direction. But without these tools, we're kind of just guessing. It's like anything that you're trying to grow. If you're trying to grow a YouTube channel, you're trying to grow a podcast. If you don't have your system and your process, which are these, these mindset tools, you're just continually guessing when you go out there. So you're saying these players will actually visualize failure. Yeah, absolutely. In addition to success, like they'll actually imagine themselves in the scenario where something goes wrong. So for my golf game and asking for a friend um, here, say you, you know, have just really had a bad iron shot. Uh, your iron game has been terrible lately. You might actually visualize yourself hitting a few bad shots and then seeing yourself hitting a great shot right after it. Is that the... But here's what I would say. I would say visualize yourself. Yeah, you can. Or visualize yourself hitting those bad shots and then asking yourself the question, are you okay? Like, are you okay with that? Most people will let that when they say, hey, don't visualize yourself hitting a bad shot because that's what they don't want to have happen. And when you don't want to have something happen and you fear the outcome, if that happens, that's when it's going to happen. That's when people melt down. But if you visualize yourself hitting those bad shots and and I'm okay. Like if I hit this bad shot, screw it. I can hit it out of the rough. It'd be a better angle. Then you take that pressure. You alleviate that pressure that you put on yourself. And now you're okay with that. So you've worked with elite athletes. This is widely accepted. Bottom line for the average person is like, okay, David, you've convinced me. I'll, I need to work a little bit on my mental game. What's the basic first baby step? Would you say, is it just visualizing success and whatever you're doing ahead of time? Is it taking 10 minutes? Do they need to buy David Nurse's uh, two bestsellers to learn these secrets? Yeah. Give them a little, give them a little teaser. Yeah, in all the books, sign up for the coaching course. No, man, you can visualize it. That's, But I think that's even a next step. I think the first thing you can do is you can just write out the story that you're voting for yourself, the affirmations. I think affirmations are so, po so powerful and actually writing those out. So put this in your morning routine. It'll take you two to three minutes. You have a piece of paper and you just write out, who are you voting for yourself to be today? And then you can say, hey, I'm, I'm David Nurse. I'm voting for myself to be uh, the best selling offer, the best selling in the world. Like don't sell, don't, don't, don't just go for average. Like God did not make us to be average. God did not say, you know what? David, I'm going to create you. I want you to just kind of fit into the system. Just be average. Don't, 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 don't push the envelope. Not, not you. No, write these big affirmations. Make these big goals. Write down. I have them. Literally, I have my notebook right here, Ryan. This is great. We got this on video right here. These affirmations that I've written down that I look at every morning. I am unshakable. Something about... I am. Well, I can't read my own writing backwards. I was, like here, I'll read them out for you. I there was you made to. I was made. I was made to be great. I will yeah. be a New York Times best-selling author. I'm confident. I will speak in front of a huge audience. It looks like, or it just says hundred thousand, hundred thousand, hundred thousand audience. Dang! I've also about loving my wife, uh, putting Jesus first, going the extra mile. Yeah. I so should have read those. Those were on there too, folks. For those listening, he did have those. He does want to be a good husband. <laughs> yeah. So that's the most powerful first step that you can take. Cause the story that we tell ourselves, we have 50,000 self-talk thoughts. That's the average 40, 40,000. Those 80% are generally accepted to be negative, negative in all these studies that they've done. Like 
Why, why does that have to happen? Because we can, we are just like literally wired by what the world tells us and just how we have grown up, how we've been raised to think worst case scenario, to think we aren't enough. So the only way to combat it is actually if you take action to it, it's not going to just happen. Like I don't, people will ask me, do you just, you just wake up, just be like full of energy all the time. We just made confident, made positive. I mean, part of it, but the more of it is actually working on it and believing in it and then believing in like it, that it's, it's so cool. And I know I'm kind of going off topic here, but that affirmation is the number one thing, but it's a great understanding to know, like, this is just literally borrowed time. Like knowing that if you have your faith and hope and in Jesus, that you have a bigger picture to come a thousand times better than here. So this, like, why, why stress? Why worry? Like, what, who cares? This is literally borrowed time. God's up there just looking down at me. He's like, David, man, it's all that you're doing, all that you're growing, speaking books. Like, that's cute and all, David, but, but really, come on now. So like, yeah, it's great to have impact, but it's also, you don't have to put that pressure, that crazy pressure upon you. We have a similar, I guess you brought up God, so we might as well get into it a little bit. That's a good fitting subject to, to finish on. Uh, you know, God and you had similar career paths, right? Teaching, he was, he, his goals, he wanted to be, he was a speaker, um, big on book, big best-selling book, New York Times best-selling author, 100,000 times over. And uh, I think he was affirming too. He was constantly like, you're loved. I'm well-pleased. You know, lots of affirmations there. So now actually, I, you know, I think I, I love that about you because it's probably you, your mental prosperity uh, and, uh, and thriving curriculum is probably inexorably intertwined with your faith and the idea that, you know, you can hype yourself up. You can tell yourself you're awesome because you are rooted in your identity and who you believe God made you to be. Um, and that's right. I'm actually, actually, when you write down these big goals, cause I, I so I gotta be honest, I bristle a little bit sometimes. It's like, yeah, on one hand, you know, scripture says, right, God will provide exceedingly and abundantly more than we could ever hope or imagine. So we usually are the limiting factor because we go, ah, you know, God can't fix this, you know, or he hasn't seen my swing, you know. Uh, but on the other hand, it's like, you know, I sometimes look at like the things we're affirming and it's like, ooh, are those like, you know, to what end? Why do we want to be a New York Times bestselling author? Why do we do that stuff? And I think I love that you're hinting at too. It's, you know, you could put those big audacious goals, but those are just things in of themselves, right? None of that matters if, uh, if it's not really for a bigger, bigger purpose, right? Absolutely. Like you don't put your hopes in these goals. Like that doesn't bring you your joy. And one of the, it's one of the hardest things for people to see. And you even see like, we know really, really successful people that are miserable because they don't have contentment. Contentment is found through Jesus. There's no other way that I have ever seen that to be content where you don't worry about like, man, if I don't like, if, if I make another book and it doesn't sell one copy, like, am I still going to be content in who I am? Yeah, I am. Sure, it will suck. I'll be devastated about it. Marketing but team's going to have some, you have some words in the marketing yeah, team. Totally. But it's the contentment and knowing who you are. That's why I feel it's so important before anything else, before even knowing your why, all the Simon Sinek start with why. No, you start with who. You know who you are at the core before. That builds a foundation, your self-awareness before anything else matters. Hmm. 
All right. Last question here, because we're going to, you and I, obviously, you know, we're just going to trade being on each other's podcast for the first, we'll always have an audience of one with each other. It's going to be great. Now, many of our viewers uh, may not, or may know this if they follow uh, David nurse's prolific Instagram. Um, (laughs) He is married to probably objectively, probably, you know, one of the best looking uh, women uh, in the entire California, Southern California region. Uh, I'm going to Northern California. I haven't traveled enough up there to know that. So uh, Taylor's, amazing both inside and out and so we are curious for um uh for those of us who you know asking for a friend for those of us who perhaps are you know unattached or whatever looking for their person um any tips on the mental game for how to go uh track down and find god's best for you because i will say your world record is impressive but how you convinced her to put up with you is beyond Mm -hmm. i mean that's Mm -hmm. that's the big win right there that's you gotta that's your next book right that's Hey, we're, I'm planning on writing a book about that. How I got my dream girl, something like that. No, I mean, man, how they, I got your dream girl. <laughs> how I got your dream girl. You missed out. That would That's be right. okay. Uh, you know what? Like, I don't think there's like a really actually a secret sauce to it other than, and this is going to sound like a terrible answer, but it's really like actually being so comfortable in your own skin, being completely yourself. Yes. I got that meeting with Taylor because I acted like I wanted to get into acting, which is the best acting job. But from there on out, I couldn't act at all. And if you are not completely comfortable in who you are, when you're meeting this person, you're going to have to be putting up a front your whole entire life. And I'm also really big too, on making like, like being really picky. Like that can come off as a bad way about, but you should be super picky. You're going to be with this person for the rest of your life. This is the biggest decision you will ever make. And if there's anything that like you guys, like it might be a red flag, like you got to get out. It's not for you. God has made the exact right person for you and you will find that. But the reason people don't find it is because they settle. And that's the biggest tragedy there is settling because you think you can't find anything better. So, be very comfortable in your own skin and man, make your list, make your list of top five non-negotiables and don't waver. Check it twice. Find a girl who's both naughty and nice. Sorry, that was inappropriate. <laughs> I was, yeah. When you're married, naughty when you're married. There you when go. Married, sorry, when you are married. <laughs> um, all right. I do. I don't want to let you off the hook here without telling us, um, what is a, um, do you have a crazy, uh, embarrassing or scary story from your career uh working with professional athletes um i i think i'd lend lend more towards embarrassment would be kind of fun i'm curious if you've uh ever had anything uh, crazy humiliating happen in the course of your uh elite athleticism career man i would have to think about that i'm sure i have a lot of those to be honest with you um i know one that jumps to my mind right now with working with Yes, NBA let's go. Players. Uh, so there, when I was coaching with the Nets, so I think I'm this this like hot up and coming young coach, man. I know it all. I got all this great stuff. This nine time All Star Joe Johnson, who was who on the team, he asked me to give him a workout, and I'm like, dude, great, yeah, of course. You kidding me? Like I'm, I'm gonna be able to help nine time All Stars? Like my stuff is that good? So we do this workout, and I'm giving him all my cool stuff, you know, like just double dribbling between the legs, tennis ball, everything <laughs> that looks cool, like. Instagram would love this stuff and you see it on Instagram and I put him through an hour and he's busting his butt, man. He's sweating. And I was just like, yeah, conquer Joe Johnson. I can do anything on court. And he's shooting free throws for the cool down. And he calls me over to the free throw line. He says, Hey kid, come over here. 
Now, when anybody calls you kid and you're the coach, <laughs> probably not a good thing. So I go to him, he's like, man, everything we did there has nothing to do with helping me in the game. That was literally a waste of an hour. He said something like that with a lot more like yeah. different words in there and everything. I'm doing the edited version, but it hit me like a ton of, I was like, wow. Okay. He just put me in his place. I thought I was this awesome guy. It was all about me. Look at me. And it really, really helped me realize that anything that I'm doing is not about what I get. Like, it's not to shine my light. It's to shine the light on the person I'm working with. And if a coach or a teacher is ever trying to shine the light on themselves, you're with the wrong person because it's not about you. And that's what I realized. Like, okay, like what does he need? I should ask Joe, like, Hey man, how do you want to get better today? Like simple question. Like how, how do you want to improve? And yeah, well, that it was it's an embarrassing. I know there's many more embarrassing moments. Well, we'll have you back to humiliate yourself. That's definitely on the that's the totally I'll, and I'll go back onto your podcast. So, yeah, I could do I could do a long story on how many times I've done connecting the wrong way, and I've learned like how to actually genuinely connect because I've done it the wrong way. I literally got fired from the Nets because of that. Like it was it was one guy that I forgot to stay connected with. I'd always stay connected with these guys that I met at NBA Summer League, and he was the assistant coach for the Atlanta Hawks. And he asked me a favor, simple favor to make a connection to the Philippines for one of his players that was going to go play over there. Totally didn't do it. Totally forgot about him, spaced on it. And, and when in the nest at the end of the year, we got a new head coach. Who do you think that head coach was? Exactly. Uh, Oh, from the Atlanta Hawks. So I knew the writing was on the wall. Then I doubled down Ryan, I doubled down on how bad it was. This Uh-oh. is something you should never do. You should never throw up text uh, like long, long novel to somebody, especially if you don't know them well. Do not do that. <laughs> terrible. And I did just that. Like after the first day on court, I wrote like, oh man, it's so great being out here with you this year with like both player development. This is great. This is going to be awesome working for you. And it was long, 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 long. And afterwards, after I'd gotten fired from that, uh, he also was friends with jeremy lynn because he coached jeremy lynn who's a friend of mine i asked jeremy i was like because i thought i was going to be in because he knew jeremy and jeremy's like did you write him like a like a 10 page text like overkill so anyways there's many other ones like that but short anyway. and sweet folks so and uh david still texts me long though but that's okay you know yeah so that's, that's different it's different you that's can't true fire you can't that, fire me yeah, I can't fire you. You're not. You're you're tenured. You're tenured in my heart, David. So. <laughs> well, folks, this is part one of camping with David Nurse, and uh, we appreciate you joining us. A special shout out to Chili Sleep, Todd. We love you. Thanks so much for supporting our shows, and uh, congrats on all the success you're having. It's been awesome. And uh, to my camping listeners, um, I know there are dozens of you around the world. And uh, I just want to say, we made it to 25 episodes. This is episode 26. So in the words of our elite performance coach, we are just going to keep on grinding on and see what happens. So David Nurse, uh, best-selling author, elite performance coach, uh, Guinness World Record holder, uh, author of two books. Uh, What is your latest book, David? Breakthrough. First one's pivot and go. Second one is breakthrough. You got to pick up these books. Uh, David is one of the best out there. Also, he's here's the thing. There's a lot of coaches out there. David is equally as loved by his players as he is effective, which I think is very cool. Lots of effective coaches, but few are loved as much as David Nurse, which is really cool. So check out these books, figure out how to bring the mental game to your game. And David, come back and camp with us when the bus is ready. I'll be there. I will be there. Bring out the s'mores. 
and I will come. Well, God bless you and God bless his most precious United States. (laughs) Thanks, brother.